0: host of Sports World on the BBC World Service. For the best of previews to the sporting weekend, listen to George Ado Jr. on The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM.
1: Live on radio, live online, this is The Locker Room on Joy 99.7 FM
2: with George Addo Jr. Thank you very much for staying with us in the locker room. I'm George Addy Jr. And a good opportunity once again to go through what the world is talking about in the world of sport. It's a very special edition of the show. I'll tell you about that later. But quickly, we have our taps on the major transfers this week. Of course, uh, Arsenal having captured Chelsea's Kai Havertz. And then also agreed a deal um, to get in the West Ham captain, Declan Rice, uh, for close to £105 million. Also, we know there are more Chelsea departures with Mason Mount on his way to Manchester United. And as you know, most of you are getting yourselves ready, of course, for the big game between Ghana and Guinea at the end. The 23 AFCON ongoing in Morocco. Yeah, the Black Meteors after losing 5-1 to Morocco in in the second game of the competition now need to win against Guinea. Or will be out of the running in terms of those who are going to be getting onto the Olympic slots. Only three of the countries gathered there in morocco the eight countries gathered in morocco will make it right into um, paris and as you know the finalists and uh, the one who's able to pick the third place will actually make it through there's also the big one as well in tennis the third grand slam of the year wimbledon set to take place after draws today we'll be looking forward to that obviously and in athletics this weekend there's a diamond league meeting in lausanne with some big hitters committed in there should be very great there's also formula one as we head into austria for a grand prix but uh, we'll definitely have to start tonight with my colleague john bennett who has returned from a journey around europe learning about arsenal's boss Mikel ateta
3: i'm outside one of the most famous stadiums in the world the camp now home of barcelona because Perhaps above all else, this may have been the most influential place in Mikel Arteta's football journey. Not the iconic arena, but a small building just outside. If you've been here to to watch a game, you may have walked past it without noticing it. It's La Masia, which literally translates as the farmhouse, and that's exactly what it looks like. It's a fairly small Catalan farmhouse with a tiled, angled roof. Now surrounded by fencing because it's not used anymore, the modern La Masia Academy is over at the club's state-of-the-art training ground about 20 minutes' drive away. But over the past decades, it has been home to some of the biggest and best talents in world football, the likes of Lionel Messi, Pep Guardiola, Andres Iniesta and many, many more. When they were youngsters, they all slept in the dorm rooms inside that farmhouse building in the shadow of
1: Camp Nou. This is a monument not just for itself because it has a lot of history but also for uh, what barcelona has achieved because everything was born here. Ernest Masia, sports reporter from Radio Catalunya. In fact it was Johan Groef one of the persons who by late 70s made the proposal to the president Josep Luis Núñez at the time that this should be a place for homegrown players. And president Núñez in the 80s he adapted these uh, facilities to allow young players to sleep here, to eat here, to receive the talks from the coaches in here and then to go to the training grounds. And the teams have walked out and are standing now and we see another mosaic again all around the ground, the red and the blue. They open their curtains in the morning and the
3: first thing they see. (laughs) is the home of Barcelona, the stadium, Camp Nou. I mean, to have that right next to them is something really special to have that so close to the place where they they dream about playing
1: one day. Yeah, we can say that they they could barely touch their dream and, well, it helped these guys focus a lot on what their objective was. Most of them wouldn't achieve it, but some of them, yes. And, uh, yes, this is an iconic place. Arteta
3: arrived here at La Masia in his mid-teens. It's a long way from his home in San Sebastian in the north of Spain. He was rubbing shoulders with young players who would soon become household names. In fact, he shared a bunk bed with a goalkeeper who'd go on to play for Liverpool and win a World Cup. Spain international, Pepe Reina. We were teammates and then we were roommates. He
4: arrived one year later than, than I did. I was there and I was already settled. And for us to help them, uh, the new ones, you know, to settle down and, and be be right, it was you know kind of our job. So that's why being a teammate at that time it was very important living in the same place. So I tried to to help him from the beginning because he deserved. He's an open heart man for everything he does, and uh, a great human being. And it wasn't just the same dorm room, was it? It was bunk beds. Y- you on top if I'm not wrong he will remember it worse than I do I was the one snoring uh, let's say and being honest but you know because of, because of we were uh, up and down the people you know during the night they, they were upset obviously for the, for the noise of, of my uh, snoring um, so they, they started to throw you know shin pads uh, uh, shoes <laughs> Flip-flops, everything was, you know, everything was right, but mean uh, that we were sharing the the same bed. Many of them uh, articles, uh, you know, finished in the in the Mikkel's bed. So the sharing of that bed cost him many sleepless nights and uh, almost our relationship. <laughs> but it was it was a uh, it was fun, you know. There were plenty of funny moments and. La Masia is, is that, you know, is that brotherhood and, uh, you know, all that togetherness. We, we we were sharing same dreams, same nightmares, same fears. And, you know, we were all together uh, supporting each other because we were, at that
3: time, brothers. Yeah, and you, you both come from a long way, you? you come from Madrid, yeah. you come from San Sebastian, you've been there a year longer, but there was homesickness, wasn't there? I guess in that way you both support each other. We were 13... 14,
4: 15-year-old kids, and we missed our families. We missed our brothers, sisters, our parents. You know, I remember reading letters from home uh, at that time. So, and there were tears. There were, you know, people crying, uh, and and it was tough moments. It was not only funny, uh, funny moments and football moments. You need to be supportive. With with your brothers at that time, and Mikel
3: and I were you know were like that. Is that where you build your resilience that you've both used in your careers, going through those tough moments, you are competing against each other as well from that from those La Masia times? That where you got the resilience. Probably it's a character you
4: you learn there. That resilience, that strong stronger mentality, that uh, determination to, to get your trophy uh, or, or your your goals. It's something that you need to, to develop in Damasia, because because a natural selection is as simple as that.
3: I've heard some stories sneaking out to, to go clubbing, is that right? And also throwing ice at people.
4: Wow. Uh, it could be. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was that time. I mean, we were teenagers 16, 17 years, and uh, we needed to. Uh, with, you know, being responsible uh, and, and being, you know, being absolutely correct in our way to do it, but we were only kids and and it was only normal for us, you know, to get that uh, escape and, you know, uh, enjoy ourselves as a teenager. It was the time to get the, you know, the girls around and and it was kind of of the strong period for us, but uh, it it is, you know, whoever knows Mikel, they know him from the beginning. He's a straightforward person. He's a very respectful person, friend of his friends, a uh, family man, but also a funny guy. Uh, even now that he looks as a manager, slightly more serious, but it's still, you know, he's the Mikel uh, we, we all know.
3: La Masia is where Pepe Reina and Mikel Arteta learnt their trade as footballers, but could this place also have been where he picked up the principles which are now serving him so well as a head coach? Just next door to La Masia and Camp Nou is the huge Hotel Sofia. I'm heading there now to meet a man who had a pretty impressive job title during some of his time working behind the scenes at Barcelona, head of methodology. It's Paco Cerullo, who is known as a master teacher of physical preparation. He was a fitness coach under Pep Guardiola and was described by the now Manchester City head coach as the best physical trainer I've ever worked with. In fact, it was Guardiola's mentor, the great Johan Cruyff, who promoted him to become physical trainer of the club's first team in 1994. And up until leaving Barcelona last year, he was at the heart of their identity and their success. I
5: remember Miquel's time at Barca B. I was a fitness coach. His coach, Kike Costas, was with him for two years. Later he was promoted to the first team, where he didn't play much. I took many training sessions with Mikel. He was small and slim, but skillful. He understood the game very well. The relationship he established with his teammates in the game was always very mature. He wasn't the most athletic player and he wasn't a certain starter because he was competing with some very good players in midfield, but he held his own. When he played, especially in the second year, the team played more in Barca style. Then he went to the first team and we met each other less often. I have great memories of the time we met. He liked to train a lot. He had a lot of respect for his teammates and the coaching staff. He was very nice and extremely polite.
4: Barcelona inevitably
3: in possession. Busquets back heels it to Iniesta, Taken up by Messi. Xavi... La Masia has produced so many great players and many of those great players are now becoming coaches like like Mikel Arteta. Is it because you don't only teach a different way of playing but also a different way of thinking about the game? Do players who come out of La Masia become more creative in the way they think tactically about football and more innovative perhaps?
5: The philosophy is that you help your teammates do what they are capable of doing well. This means leaving your ego at the door as you put your teammate above yourself. And that comes with a cost. Some players did not accept it and did not succeed at grassroots level. Others understood that it wasn't about sacrificing yourself, but it was about tailoring your game to the needs of your teammate. This is what Arteta and Guardiola used to do. When they play, your receive the ball. they said thank you because it had arrived exactly as they wanted it. Some players accepted it, some found it difficult. This meant that some players who were perfectly suited to other clubs were not right for Barça. This is the essence of La Masia: your teammate comes first, and that's very difficult in a game where personal glory is so important to so many players. Arteta was one of those players who appeared when needed and did what was needed for the team. Arteta, like Pep, was unselfish and played for others. His essence was to work for the team and help others to thrive. And this is what he does now with his players. He trains them so that their only priority is to collaborate with their teammates. Arteta tries to create an environment where creativity can thrive.
3: So Mikel Arteta was schooled in the Barcelona ideology at La Masia. But according to Pepe Reina, many of the raw materials of a future coach were already there. He was
4: born as as a manager, I think. He's intelligent on the pitch, you know, he's been demonstrated off the pitch also. But I think the education in Barcelona as a player and especially in his position, it's particularly strong so it, it was only normal that those players in those uh, positions they know more football than, than others it's, uh, it's as simple as that could you always see that you got to management when he was young it was the personality of, of, of that and and also because he was lucky enough to finish his footballing career and then have a little master with with Pep for three years. You know that that's that's an unbelievable starting point to say something. You know, it's just it's like when when some somebody graduates in, in the university and then does the master in Harvard to do you know the the specialty of coaching. It was his lucky and deserving, so because you knew Miguel, M- Michela, uh, uh, when 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 already was finishing his career as a football player that. He was already a manager so that's why he deserved and he got the opportunity to to start with Guardiola for three years and finally are you thinking you might follow Mikel Arteta into coaching yourself I'm probably I will need to learn from him I will visit him but yeah it is the way I will um, I will start the the managing area is kicking in my head uh, from Two or three years ago uh, nowadays I, I think more as a coach than almost as a player so you need to prepare yourself uh, mentally but also you know get your license and be, be prepared be you know uh, be clever with with who you study and who you you know choose as a as a mentor but michael is strongly uh, up there with one of my favourites and uh, I will learn, if I can, from his manager abilities because, you know, he's, he's going to be one of the greatest.
3: I could see you in a management team together from the bunk bed to the technical area. Was... It could be. If he wants, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm, av-
4: I'm, av- I'm available probably in two, three years, so uh, it's, it's a strong situation there, uh, you know, to be together in pumping uh, beds. With 40 years of difference, more or less, it's going to be be interesting.
3: But of course, La Masia isn't where Mikel Arteta started playing football. It all began here. Perhaps on this famous beach where I'm standing now. And if I look behind me, I can see the apartment block where he grew up. I've travelled from Barcelona 500 kilometres north to San Sebastian in the Basque Country. This beautiful seaside city is where Arteta was born and raised and where he joined his first football club.
6: Light up your Eid! This Eid season in and is giving you discounts on a wide range of products. Talk of NASCO, Media, TCO or Samsung, fridges, air conditioners, television sets, microwaves, washing machines and many more. na Naoobediye, Masa, Luke Shapo, Visit any of our showrooms today and let the magic of the crescent illuminate your Eid today. Electrolon Ghana Limited Lighten up your Eid like never before. Have you noticed that Ghana has suffered lack of attendance at stadia across the country in recent years? Well, the multimedia group wants to be part of the solution, which is why we're calling on you, our dear listener, to help us. Our sister station in Shira FM in Kumasi has been on a nationwide campaign to identify factors influencing poor patronage of Ghana Premier League matches. This campaign has been widely discussed on traditional and social media since the beginning of the year. And after widespread stakeholder engagement, we have a list of questions in a survey that will help us come out with a communicate based on science and data and we need you to assist by completing this survey the link to the survey is bit.ly forward slash fill gpl questionnaire once again bit.ly forward slash fill gpl questionnaire please help insura fm and the multimedia group complete the survey in order to have a scientific response to this national problem
3: So a stone's throw from the beach and from the town centre. Here we are where Mikel Arteta's football journey started and not just his football journey as well. An incredible number of footballers have come through this club. anti the name of the club, the club crest as well. Blue and white is above this brown door. Let's knock and meet... One of Mikel Arteta's first coaches. Roberto. Hello. Hello. Nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for the invite. Wow. The first thing that greets you here is a number of shirts on the wall. And these are all shirts of players who have come through this club. Let me count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think it's about 20 shirts. And there's a shrine to Xabi Alonso with a number of Liverpool shirts. Xabi Alonso lifting the Champions League trophy, and a bit further on, a shrine to Mikel Arteta. Some Arsenal shirts, some boots from his time in Everton. Roberto, let's sit down and have a chat about Mikel Arteta's time here at the club.
7: The first time I met Mikel it was when he was eight or nine years old. We played some tournaments in France. When he was really young, he didn't stand out in height or strength, but his quality was head and shoulders above the others. He had a lot of talent. Of all the players I've seen, he was the one with the most quality. I've seen many excellent prospects. Anthony Raola, Xavi Alonso, Mikel Alonso, Alonso, Aris Aduriz, etc. But he was a midfielder who had something special. He didn't seem very strong, but he had an incredible flair even if he was small. We played many tournaments with him and Charlie Alonso in the same team. The three of us used to go to France to play in competitions and it was superb. There was a very good team and players. Strong run forward here for Arsenal,
0: turns it back to Arteta, great chance and he scores! Mikel Arteta!
8: I was born with a with a big heart issue uh, that they could not resolve till I was three years old because I was too little and they had to open... Uh, my heart and uh, and go through it and it was one of the first surgeries that it was done uh, in that way in Spain so we didn't know how it was going to end up I was a really lively kid doctor was telling my father and mother that he needs to calm down, he's not going to be able to do much exercise with that problem and, um, and slowly I managed to go through every possible stage I was safe, I was feeling good and, and I managed to be a, a professional footballer
3: He had some heart issues as a child. He had to have a major operation on on his heart. Did you know about that when he came to the club? Was that something that that was known? Yes, I
7: knew that he had had a heart operation. I found it out because his father told us about it. In his school years, before joining our club, he was already playing football on the beach in Gipuzkoa. And in those games, he battled hard as his life depended on it. He was born a winner. He ran so hard that he would end up exhausted every day. When he arrived here at the club he felt less alone. Players passed the ball to his feet, and he started really enjoying the experience of playing football. His father had told us that he had had a heart operation, that he had a scar. However, it never affected his sporting life at all. He has never complained or had any issues with his heart. Everything was fine. You've
3: had some amazing players in the past at this club, you had some amazing players in the team with. Mikel Arteta but did he stand out from the rest? Did he have something special about him back then? He stood out from the rest. He had something special.
7: It was nice to see such quality in that tiny body. He was like Messi. You watch Messi's videos and there are many similarities from when they were kids. Mikel had a very good reading of the game. It was as if he was watching the game from above. About 20
3: minutes up the hill from the clubhouse is the pitch where Mikel Arteta as a boy learnt his skills. This is where the current generation of Antiguaco. Under-14s are training. This is the age that Mikel Arteta was when he was picked up and signed by Barcelona when he went to the famous La Masia Academy. Some great players on show here. You can see the amount of talent that they have here. It's a pitch, it's a ground, which is shared by a number of teams in San Sebastian. There's a blue and white stand over in the corner, the colours of Real Sociedad. There's a clubhouse on the far side as well and a grey building. Some snacks being sold to the parents who are watching the training session. And it's here that Mikel Arteta's skills as a player came to the fore, but also the skills that are serving him so well as a coach and a manager. He really was a leader even back then.
7: These players who play in midfield have a better chance of ending up as coaches. Guardiola, Xavi Hernandez, Xavi Alonso from a very young age, they are already forced to know where the rest of the teammates are, to direct, to close the spaces. As a result, both Xavi and Mikel have been coaches on the field since they were kids. They are natural leaders. And if you are a leader in your youth team like Antiguoco, you become a leader in Glasgow, Everton, or Arsenal. And you're destined to be a manager. When he told me, while still active as a player, that he was starting to get the coach license. I had no doubt about that he would succeed. When he was little and came back to watch his former friends playing football, he often told me, they're playing a 4-4-2 or 4-3-2-1 system. He was
3: already observing the team's formation and tactics. I know that he didn't forget you even when he joined Barcelona. There's this story that he was signing a sponsorship deal aged 18 and um, it was with a big kit manufacturer, and he said, yeah, I'll sign it, but only if you send kits back to my, my first club. Is that true? Yes,
7: not just about the tracksuits. When Mikel signed his first contract with Adidas, he said, I'll sign, but you have to send us 20 jackets for the Antiguoco first team. Sometime later, he was already at Everton. One day, he asked me for the address of Antiguoco. I asked him, why? And he said... You give me the address. After a week, we received four huge boxes with Everton clothing for the coaches and, and our staff. You can imagine the happiness that that gave us. You're
3: listening to the BBC. This is Arteta, the making of Mikel, with me, John Bennett. Despite being highly rated, Arteta never went on to make an appearance in the Barcelona first team. But midway through the 2000-2001 season, the club sent him on loan to another big name. Arteta joined Paris Saint-Germain. And in 18 months, he impressed in a team that contained huge stars like Ronaldinho, J.J. Coccia and Nicolas Sinelka, as well as another future Premier League manager, Maurizio Pochettino. His first permanent transfer though would be to Glasgow Rangers where he linked up with another ex-Barcelona player, Ronald de Boer, who he had already impressed in a UEFA Cup match between PSG and the Scottish Giants.
9: He was outstanding as an 80-year-old boy there on the midfield, controlling really like a Barca player eh? the real Barcelona school uh, player uh, as he is at that time, uh, controlling the ball very uh, confidently. Great passer, great idea, with uh, great vision. So, uh, yeah, he did very well in um, in uh, in the games against us. So that's why Rangers was very uh, interested. Uh, yeah, to get such a youngster to uh, to Glasgow. Did I hear it correctly that you played a small part in his decision to make the move to, to Glasgow Rangers? I think he asked me, of course, at that time, uh, uh, they they are interested. How is it there? And I said, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, uh, Glasgow is, of course, uh, not Paris. And it's uh, definitely also not Barcelona. But it has, uh, yeah, the ambience, the, the, the people who, uh, who adore uh, football. Who, yeah, the, the games, it's always, you play almost at home, even if you're away, And a uh, great atmosphere. So uh, I, I told them that
3: what impression did he make on everyone at, at Glasgow Rangers when he arrived? What sort of person was he at that age?
9: Oh, well, he was shy, I must say. Uh, and I think, uh, I was a little bit his father figure because I spoke Spanish of course. And, uh, Claudio Canizia, he, uh, he spoke Spanish and, uh, uh Lorenzo Amaruso, uh, with his Italian also spoke, uh, very well, uh, Spanish. So I think, uh, we took him a little bit under his wings and, uh, uh, I guided him a little bit uh, where to go in Glasgow, but also on, on the pitch, uh, so, but he was a shy boy. He was not the guy that uh, looked at me, uh, I'm arriving uh, as a big star. No, uh, definitely not. And that, uh, I think, uh, says something about the person uh, uh, from Miguel Arteta.
3: It was at Rangers where the football world first got a hint of Arteta's strong personality having no fear about taking responsibility in the most pressurised of situations. Heading into the final day of the 2002-2003 Scottish Premiership season, Rangers and their great rival Celtic were level on points and goal difference, with Rangers one ahead on goals scored. With 92 minutes on the clock in both games, Rangers were 5-1 up at Ibrox against Dunfermline Athletic and Celtic 4-0 up at Kilmarnock. It was so close that a helicopter was poised to deliver the trophy to whoever came out on top. Then Rangers won a penalty. Gets Score and the title was definitely theirs. It was a team packed with experience, but a 21-year-old Arteta stepped up.
9: I think Ferguson uh, Barry was number one, but... Uh... I don't know, he took the ball and uh, he stood behind it and uh, he took it. Uh, yeah Of course, he has nerve. Uh, I don't think you can uh, deny that, but he uh, was good hiding it probably and uh, I couldn't really see it. And, uh, I, I barely didn't watch already Ronald De can't look.
10: The <laughs> <laughs> can't look at
9: the penalty. Ronald yeah, De I knew how important it was for us. And I knew when we scored we were a winner and for me it also meant so much, of course, winning the treble.
4: This could be. The championship winning goal if Mikel Arteta can hold his nerve.
6: Mikel! Rangers, six, Dunfermline, one.
9: That was a big responsibility from him. So he had also that moment that he took charge, and that uh, I think nobody really expected that, but uh, uh, that he was a great player, we knew that, but also uh, to take that responsibility. And on that young age, uh, in such an important uh, game and moment of, uh, of that uh, decisive title race against Celtics, yeah, it was impressive.
5: Mikel, that was a fantastic end to the game. Your nerves never cracked at all?
8: No, it was, it was difficult, but with these people, with this game, and we were trying to win the league, and it was the most important moment of the year, maybe, and I was just thinking the, the ball has to be in the goal and, and uh, nothing else.
9: Credits to Miguel that he uh, took the responsibility and that, of course, he had the chance and also to uh, to fail, but that, uh, yeah, that didn't happen, so he was the hero.
3: Did you see leadership qualities in him? Obviously, it's difficult when he's such a young guy, but did you see that potential possibly in the way he thought about the game that he could go on and coach?
9: What stood out, of course, was his intelligence uh, of, the, of the game, reading the game very well, seeing the passes, uh, because... Yeah, he was a technical player and uh, he let the ball do the work, uh, basically. And also, he, he was a thinker of the game.
3: After Rangers, Arteta moved back home, signing for Real Sociedad in 2004, where he briefly joined up with his old anti Guaco teammate, Xabi Alonso. But Alonso left La Real to join Liverpool before the start of the campaign. And for Arteta, the move back to San Sebastian didn't work out. He only made three starts in the first half of the season before, like Alonso, Merseyside came calling. And Arteta's relationship with English football began. One of Arteta's teammates during his six-year spell at Everton was Alan Stubbs.
10: When we signed Mikel, I think that was where Everton started to evolve in terms of a more probably dynamic team in terms of how their style of play changed. I think Mikel was very uh, influential in that. And I think what we started to see was that Mikel become more of an influence in terms of the team. He certainly had a clear idea of how he wants to play as an individual but also how he would like the team to play as a as a result and there was a few occasions where we had come in at half time and we say for instance we were losing the game or we would come in and we hadn't played well and we were finding ourselves at nil nil or drawing the game He wasn't afraid to to give an opinion in terms of you know, we must do better. We've got to be brave and uh, to try and get on the ball. We have to dictate um, the play more. And obviously, at that time with David Moyes, he was more of a, a structured, not get beat mentality in terms of um, defensively strong, hit teams on the counter attack, and be very resolute in terms of. Well, one of the seasons, you know, we had we, at the time we had a record for the most one 0 wins. Mm-hmm. In The club's history. Uh, Goodison,
0: a goal. Conor McNamara. Yes, finally, a bit of action here. Everton won, Manchester City nil. Jolie and Lescott escorted. Arteta created a drilling in a low ball across the face of the area. Lescott only needed a tiny touch, and he got that to put it through the legs of Joe Hart. I think
10: if it was up to Mikel, whereas we were very defensively structured and very strong, Mikel would have. I think at times, what I'd like to have seen as win the game two nil and three 0 rather than you know play it a one nil out. And sometimes you can be in the in that territory of a last minute equaliser or a mistake which leads to that. And he would get frustrated by by that. And 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 as a result of that, he started to have more of an influence. You know, and and. I think he had a clear idea even at that time as a player of how he perceived how the team wanted to play. There was times where, don't get me wrong, he said something and one or two of the players have maybe not, not agreed with that. Because what Mikel wanted to do, he wanted to always be on the ball. Sometimes in a game, that's very difficult to always be on the ball because being, I have to be realistic, at that time with Everton, We were never ever going to be a team that controlled games of football but Mikel would always give the arguments why not, why can't we try.
3: In 2011 Arteta's next move was to London to join a club who needed leaders after suffering one of the most humiliating defeats. In for their Arsenal history. And for Arsene Wenger, yeah, it's been an embarrassing day
0: for Arsenal. Yes, we know they were shown of all sorts of players coming here to play at Old Trafford, but
3: they never. Swiss defender Johan Giroud was part of the Arsenal team thrashed 8-2 by Manchester United in August 2011. He remembers Arteta's arrival three days later having a calming effect on the dressing room.
11: He was an experienced player coming from Everton uh, with a lot of calmness in his head, knowing. What was demanding of him? A very tidy player in the middle that plays short passes and long passes, and uh, yeah, and he's um, someone that gives a lot for the team. So what was turned out is that that was really um, uh, uh, a leader in a way, maybe not always on the voice, but on his action on the pitch. Is going
6: to from 25 oh, into the
11: net! At the beginning, I remember more of him. Uh, adapts himself to the to, to to the team and to the philosophy, but definitely you could see that uh, there was something in his understanding and wanting to learn, being close to to Arsene Wenger and wanting to to have the little tips to 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 gain time to 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 have uh, the solutions before anyone else. So that, that's something you could see. yeah.
3: What about Mikel Arteta off the pitch? Did you ever socialise with him? What was he What was he like around the dressing room as a as a friend and a teammate? Mikel was good, very
11: chill, very relaxed. A guy that you could talk to, very funny. You know, he spoke French, so sometimes we speak in French together because he played in Paris, so all those kind of things was was, was very nice. You know, he's a, he's a very nice guy. Yeah? There is no uh, bad intention of Mika. He just knows what he wants, so also the pitch was, was was very good on the bus, in the dressing room, uh, in training. He is a very intelligent guy and, and and know what he's talking about when we speak about football, but not only about football, about life as well. Into final
3: third. Fittingly for the current Arsenal manager, it was as an Arsenal player that Arteta's ambitions to be a coach really started coming together. But as well as learning from Arsene Wenger, his education as a manager also took place here, next to a leisure centre and a cricket club 19
8: miles outside of England. I wanted to get educated as a coach, so I was looking for the best option. And uh, I started to add some some players that I play with that they started the courses in England, in Spain, in France, in Wales. And, and I talk, they talk uh, about OCEAN and, and the West Federation and how organised they are. And how clear is the idea of how they want to get the players or the ex-players understand what are the requirements. And they change it that they're going to see when they want to become coaches. Yeah. I'm in the Welsh city, Newport, at the
3: National Football Development Centre, where I've come to meet Dave Adams, the Chief Football <laughs> Officer at the Football Association of Wales.
12: Dave, how are you? Nice to meet you, Dave Adams. Thanks for letting us come down. No problem at all, welcome to Dragon Park. This is obviously where the home of Mikel Arteta, where he did his you wait for pro licence, so we'd like to have you here. L- this looks like a classroom.
3: Was it that's here where you would have learned? That's right, this is it. Oh, go on, show, show us through, show us through. Lead we, the way. Here we go.
12: So, what would happen here then? So basically, this is um, one of our classrooms at Dragon Park where we teach all of our coaching courses. This is kind of the centre for all of our coach education courses across um, our UEFA C licence, B licence, A licence and Pro licence. Mikel came actually to do his A licence, his first course with us. And then, uh, yeah, across his journey, he stayed with us for about four years, really, in total. Um, Spent a lot of time here because he also helped do some sessions with our national teams under-16s when um, Oshan Roberts was here as technical director. And, um, yeah, he obviously engaged unbelievable in the process and it was great to have him here in Wales. And
3: there were some big names with him, weren't they? Let's go and grab a cup of tea, have a chat because I, w- I want to find out more about this course. Perfect. <laughs> Dave, tell me some of the illustrious
12: managerial names you've had coming through these doors. <laughs> well, it goes back a long way really. Um, we had Marcel Desailly very early on in probably 2010, possibly that sort of time. and. I think, like anything, I suppose, like it sort of started this network, I suppose, someone like that coming on the course, being like a decorated international player, winning World Cups. I think it obviously brought a lot of traction to Wales. And I suppose as a consequence of that, the network grew in the professional game and people kind of came on the courses on the back of that, really. So then we ended up having people like Roberto Martinez, Steve Cooper, Patrick Vieira. Yeah, and it's, the list sort of goes on, really. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's been incredible, really. Um, But I think what we managed to do really well was we created this environment in Wales where we didn't impose a particular philosophy on people. We tried to get them to buy into this kind of idea, we've got a Welsh way here, a framework of player development and coach education, and trying to give them our framework, but say to them, look, you know, you've got to find your own way, you've got to build your own values, your own philosophy. And also we have a very strong mentoring process here where we try and do individual mentoring and uh, Mikel found that really interesting because he was still playing when he came on his course, his his original A licence programme, he was still playing at at Arsenal at the time and doing work in the academy. But he had a one-on-one mentor go to the club with him and actually give him support in situ and we think that, I suppose, learning in situ with an individual mentor is the best way of doing it. You know, and we filmed a lot of his sessions, obviously gave him individual feedback. And it's quite interesting, not many people probably start their journey as quickly as Mikel started thinking about it I think he was kind of thinking, right, I've got kind of maybe four years left on my contract here. Can I try and get my A pro licence completed so when I finish playing, I'm in a position where I can actually become a manager, which I think a lot of people tend to start some courses while they're still playing. But because of the commitment to a coaching course and a commitment to playing, it can be challenging. So fair play to Mikel, he obviously had a very clear idea about what he wanted to achieve, a very clear timeline of how he was going to achieve those things, and obviously made a huge... I think commitment to that as well, you know, didn't, didn't do it half-heartedly. He actually committed himself fully to both things, which probably shows why he's been so successful in his in his career as a manager because he has that dedication to the craft and wants to keep developing himself individually.
3: Tell me day-to-day what he would have been doing on the course to really prepare him to, to, to be at the manager he is now.
12: Yeah, so we try at the start of every course, like look at kind of this 360 profile of the individual. So, um, you know, what areas they need support with. So is it more around the media training? Is it more around like leadership and management? Is it more the technical and tactical on-pitch delivery? So I guess you have to recognise that maybe you know, Mikel's skill set would probably be more on the, the tactical detail, the vision of the team, how he wants his team to play. That would be a really big thing that Mikel was very, very strong at from the get-go because he had a very clear idea about how he wanted to do that, I suppose, you know? maybe the things that he needed more support with was maybe a, a wider awareness of the wider stakeholders you know in a, in a, in a big club how do you manage the ownership how do you manage the sporting director how do you manage how you speak to the fans for example we do a lot of work on like tactics and strategies so a lot of work on analysis of opposition like how do you analyze opposition how do you identify strengths and weaknesses of the opposition we do a big piece on how you communicate how you lead how you manage and we try and teach the candidates not just about football. We try and look at like different environments. So, is there something we can take from, from Formula One around communication, for example, between a performance director and a, you know, and a driver? It's very, very similar. An analyst is watching a game from above. The manager, the analyst can see the game, see all the tactics. How does that communication work then, from the analyst to the coach, to the manager? So, we try and bring in like different people from different environments to try and not. Make it all about football and try and give them a different, like wider perspective of other high-performing environments, which maybe could lend themselves into football. My name's Richard
13: Williams. I'm um, head of player development for FA Wales, and I did the pro license the same time as Mikel. You had Mikel on the pro license. You also had Terry Henry on the pro license. You had Saul Campbell on there. You had Freddie Lungberg, You had so you had some really big. Kind of personalities from the football world on that on that um, on that course, so it was a little bit um, probably a little special for, for guys who haven't been in that world, you know.
3: Yeah, that is star-studded. There's yeah. some, some celebrities there. Did he stand out yeah. amongst those those big names?
13: The one thing I noticed really about working or being in the same room as him during anything we did was the clarity he had in what he wanted to do. That's the thing that the really not, I really noticed. He was very very clear in. How his teams were going to play, how he wanted to go about getting them to do that, um, and and that came across. That came across. It was uh, he was he had a lot of clarity in the way he wanted to do things. Yeah. He did do a session on the national conference for us, which was probably the year after we graduated as pro licensed coaches, and I just remember the passing drill that he did, and I still use it now. Um, and it's just simply an up back and through passing drill. But the detail of movement and the detail of pass had to be perfect, you know. So I remember him being quite a perfectionist in terms of the way he wanted things done as well on the pitch, which I think comes from
12: that, um, probably that Lamacia background. I think it'd be fair to say probably he's the most educated person we've had, probably comes from the doors here on any of our courses, which is a big thing to say because we've had some unbelievable managers on our programs. I just think it's that level of curiosity and that level of kind of innovation, the way that he thought about things. It wasn't like he wanted to play in a typical way. He didn't have a, a typical vision for the way he wanted to lead and manage. He wanted to kind of be very authentic and think out the box a bit more. And there's some great stories about, you know, when he lived um, in a similar apartment block to um, Pep Guardiola, you know, they thought very similarly. They were always thinking about new innovations all the time, you know, and Pep would ring... Mikel at like midnight and they go upstairs and talk about a tactical innovation for two hours on a tactics board, you know, and that's kind of the way Mikel was, like he he had a real curiosity to try and innovate and and you can see his team now, you know, the where they build up and the way they play it's trying to innovate it, this is not copying something else, you know, it's like taking it to a new level.
3: Would you describe Mikel as a natural coach?
12: Yeah,
13: definitely, definitely it's about communication coaching, a lot of it is about how you get your, how you get your point across timing of coaching, when to allow players to play and express themselves, when to go in and, and manage situations or correct players, but it's, it's about being a, a really good communicator, I think, and yeah you can tell that, easily, in terms of um, the way he communicates with players, the way he talks to players, uh, I suppose what, again, what I got from, ter- from in terms of his personality was around kind of humility, you know, he, he just you got what you saw it always looked authentic, and that was in classroom and on the pitch it looked like he was authentic in everything he did. And um, a lot of that would have been, I'm sure, from that kind of that Barcelona model, that La Masia model. And also, I would have thought, then, having the opportunity to go and work with Pep Guardiola in his in his environment and learning. I'm sure he'd learned a lot from that as well. But it was also about managing people, I think. He was really clear in the way he wanted the people under him to work. And obviously, the standards need to be really high, but also allowing people to have a voice you know, and allowing people to be able to work within the environment and do their jobs. Do you know what I mean? But obviously having having him as the leader, setting the standard and being out front and making sure that he did it too, to lead properly. You've got to lead by example.
3: You're listening to the BBC. This is Arteta, the making of Mikel, with me, John Bennett. At the same time as completing his coaching education, Arteta's coaching career began in 2016 when he was taken on as an assistant by a fellow La Masia graduate.
5: Pep Guardiola now has his wish. Manchester City have confirmed... Pep
3: Guardiola was an experienced player at Barcelona when Arteta was a youngster, aiming to follow in his footsteps. Arteta even replaced him during a friendly against Hertha Berlin. Now Guardiola wanted Arteta alongside him to start his first foray into English football after leaving Bayern Munich. Sam Lee is the Manchester City correspondent... With the
0: athletic. He was part of the original backroom team at Manchester City, but obviously that Guardiola backroom staff had been together a lot at Bayern Munich and Barcelona. So for him to come into that was kind of a huge credit to him in the first place, because I don't think that's easy to do. Guardiola, I think Guardiola had used him in the past. You know, when he he was a Barcelona and they played Chelsea, he always liked to phone like men on the ground and he'd known Mikel Arteta and he was like, okay I'm playing against Chelsea what do you think and obviously that was when Mikel was still a player and I feel like that's one of the big things that he brought to that coaching staff when yeah, he joined up with City in 2016 because they also had Brian Kidd and you know Pep would say oh Brian Kidd's good for this and you know he'll tell you all these the historical things about going to Burnley away or whatever but Mikel Arteta actually knew what it took to play at Burnley away because he'd done it just before that He knew the ins and outs of the tactics of other teams, teams he played for, teams he'd played against. And I think in those immediate first days, he was really, really useful for Guardiola in terms of, okay, this is what English football was like. You know, Brian Kidd, he's obviously very useful to tell you some of the, the quirkier details and that kind of stuff, but Mikel Arteta had kind of been there and done it, and he could like practically tell Pep what to expect. And then on the training ground, he could get stuck in. uh, and he could coach on there as well because he'd only just hung up his boots, so he was still physically and technically capable of keeping up and doing the rondos and demonstrating and all that kind of stuff. So was one of was one of the guys who got Pep's idea of football, but also one of the few that could actually still kind of demonstrate it to the players as well.
4: And now we see the man described as
3: Mr Manchester City, Vincent Company, the captain, who actually bounces. The captain at the time of Arteta's arrival at Man City was Vincent Company. Yeah,
11: it, it probably at my age now. When he was an assistant coach, when he started as an assistant coach for Pep, and uh, you know, full of energy, really intense, really intelligent, and I think everybody that knows him, no one is surprised that he's doing well. And 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 actually, for people who are in the job, it's worth restating how much of a, of an overachievement he's actually doing with Arsenal. You know, they they have been. Consistent, they've been good this season and they've been competing with one of the best sides that the Premier League has ever known. So yeah, it's hats off to the work he's done.
8: We were together in Barcelona, then we separate our world and careers and then we go together in the same city. It's just
0: beautiful.
3: Someone who got an insight into the Guardiola Arteta dynamic was Richard Williams, Arteta's classmate on the pro-licence course in Wales. When Man City came to train at Dragon Park ahead of a game against Swansea.
13: He and Mikel organised a situation where, one, when one of the sessions had finished on the pitch, that Pep and his coaching team would come up into the boardroom here and do a and A with the pro license candidates that could make it, because it was kind of a short notice thing. So, of the I suppose eighteen, twenty pro license candidates, there were twelve, maybe fourteen of us managed to manage to come here for the day. We watched the session, which was awesome. People like you know Sergio Aguero and um, David Silva and. Of and players like this out there training, which was really good to watch. Watching Pep obviously coach the team that day in preparation for the Swansea game um, and then doing the Q&A in the boardroom. And the one thing I noticed, which was really good, and this is something I'll never forget, was we set the boardroom up in kind of, there were maybe five tables and there was two or three of us on each table. And then we had the lectern at the top at the front for Pep to, to stand for the for the Q and A, and he said, no 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 no, everybody around one table. So he brought everybody in around one table, and it was Mikel and Pep at the front of the, at the around this one table, 14 of us. So it was far more intimate, um, and he Pep wanted it like that, and Mikel the same. But you could clearly see they had a great relationship because it wasn't formal by any stretch of the imagination. or it was really kind of informal. It was an informal chat we had some questions we asked them they they answered them between them there was there was joking and there was i suppose banter between them as well when they were giving those questions were giving those answers back to us so it looked like a really comfortable nice environment
3: this session you saw of manchester city day before a game not many people would have access to that i'm interested no. did Mikel Arteta take a bit of that session did pep guardiola yeah. allow him to take responsibility yeah he was around yeah. session.
13: he was around the session yeah he was he was obviously part of the the lead into the game so um, there were different parts of the session, so there was a small possession session, um, which, again, we've stolen. Well, not stolen, but we, we use as well as part of our National League team, I suppose, Bible of, of, of sessions that we use a lot. So they did a session just out here in front of this window, in fact, across the pitch, when, and Mikel was, led that one. Um, and then they moved to a bigger session, which was attacking that goal, uh, working on kind of at back-and-through movements, mostly around Sergio Aguero. But, yeah, it was, um, it was really interesting. You know, the dynamic of how they managed the session? It was...
8: Good, good experience for us. So, Mikel, what I, I, we worked together two years, and he will be teach since uh, he was born. His period in England and what, so maybe I learn more than, uh, you know, more of him than than, than Michel, what we we work together. So.
3: So how similar are Guardiola and Arteta? Let's hear again from two people who have worked closely with both of them: former Barca head of methodology Paco Cerullo and Dutch great Ronald De Boer.
9: I think Or Miguel learned a lot from uh, from Pep, how how to address a game, how to think about certain aspects of the game. I think that is uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I think uh, helped him uh, as a being uh, a manager, and uh, of course he has his own idea his own style probably talking to the players but if i see uh, arsenal play it's it's yeah a sort of uh the city uh, too uh, how they uh, how they play uh, they have the same philosophy
5: they both drank from the same cup they met at barca although at different stages but when they met a few years later, they exchanged views on the game. I think Arteta has excellent communication, team-building and motivation skills, but I think Guardiola is a bit more forceful, purely because he has been around longer than Arteta. First as a player, then as a coach, and later as a student of different styles of play in the different countries where he has lived. Guardiola seems a little bit more tactically advanced than Mikel. I don't want to say that he is better, but he has more options than Mikel. I don't know if it's because of his knowledge of the game or simply because he has more top players. I don't know Mikel's entire career, but it is no coincidence that when he was at City with Pep, they gelled perfectly. And it is no wonder that now, when they face each other, they know each other inside out. They know more about each other than about themselves.
14: he
4: has
5: been on the floor as much as he's
4: been upright today. But every Arsenal player, and all of the coaching team led by
11: Mikel Arteta can jump in the air now because they have won the FA Cup yet again full time at Wembley.
3: Arteta, Arteta won the FA Cup Chelsea in his first season at Arsenal but after that there were some tough times. Successive 8th place finishes before just missing out on the top 4 in his third season following a collapse in their final few games.
0: A few moments ago
2: for Arsenal but now they're back in defensive mode and
0: But
3: fans were told to trust the process and slowly but surely he rebuilt a team in his image. Players who didn't fit into his mentality had been cast aside. And in 2022-2023, Arteta turned Arsenal into title contenders again, impressing his former boss, the Arsenal icon, Arsene Wenger.
14: I'm very happy because I, I believe they played with Man City, where they are the two best teams who play the most attractive uh, football. They, they play uh, they're light, mobile, uh, light on their feet. They make intelligent decisions in the final third. They have a desire to play together in the final third, what is uh, very interesting to see. And you feel a huge potential there. I feel that at the moment they have, uh, in every position, a good enough player to win the Premiership. They face, of course, a tough opponent uh, with Man City. But uh, the potential is there. But uh, you have to grab your chance when you can because never know, next year Liverpool or Chelsea, I don't know, the big teams can uh, come up and fight again for for the championship. Arsene Wenger there
3: speaking at the Premier League's Hall of Fame Awards shortly before the defeat to Brighton that effectively ended Arsenal's title challenge. Despite that disappointment, back in his hometown of San Sebastian, where Mikel Arteta still regularly returns, there's pride at the way he's established himself at the highest level of football management. Here's Roberto Montiel again, his first ever coach.
7: We are very proud. A child who has been in this club that goes on to become a professional footballer and has succeeded as a player and as a coach, this is massive for us. We keep in contact a lot. I've been in Liverpool with him many times over the years. Once I was about to go there, and at the last minute I had to change my ticket and go to another city because it turned out that Mikel was recovering from an injury in Cadiz. I had to go to Cadiz for three days. Then we took a taxi to Seville and then we went to Liverpool. He calls me a motivator because I can whip him into shape. During the recent international break, when it was his birthday on March 26th, He came here to watch a game between Antiguoco youth players and Real Sociedad. He came to watch it and be with us.
3: Let's finish where we started, in amongst the Arsenal fans who count the boy from the Basque Country as one of their own. So how long do they want this Arteta era to last? Double what Arsene Wenger did. I don't care what he achieves, just the love he's brought back for football. I hope he stays for life. We're here... We're competing and it's wonderful to say that first time in 19 years and I'm convinced everything that I see, the way that we play, the way that we're just so serious about it, we're here for years to come and hopefully he's going to be at the helm. Arsene Wenger not only gave us football lessons but he gave us lessons in life and I see Arteta doing exactly the same I can see that he's commanding such interest and such emotion and such a broad range a feeling that um, you can learn so much from him amazing man he's coming to to oversee this project and i I, I don't see why he would leave i mean there's no other bigger club in arsenal as far as i'm concerned for Mick arteta i'd say it brings more passion in the dressing room and brings out to the players in the matches and makes it more
7: happy for the fans to watch football
3: and how long would you like Mikel arteta to stay at arsenal Until he gets old. (laughs) (laughs) Until he gets old.
9: so that's
2: John Bennett with a great piece there and that's all time will allow us today for uh the locker room but definitely we're back next week with another great edition. remember all through the weekend we're keeping a taps on yes the under 23 afcon uh, the black beaches just about kicking off against guinea in morocco uh we'll also tell you everything that happens there because it's very very pivotal then we'll be in uh, wimbledon uh, as well to tell you about what happens with the third grand slam of the year and in lausanne for the diamond league meeting and in austria for formula one till we meet next week for another lovely edition of the show be good